Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. I'm delighted to host this podcast and share key trends and innovations for each of the 25 industries we serve. At SAP, we like to say that we speak the language of our customers, and this language is industry. We've been supporting all industries for more than 50 years now, and it's exciting to launch this podcast and discuss with industry experts the business value that they get from our solutions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. My name is Tom Raftery with SAP, and with me on the podcast today, I have Cindy. Cindy, would you like to introduce yourself? Of course, Tom, and thank you for having me today. I'm Cindy Elliott. I work with Esri. I'm the business industry sector and corporate responsibility lead at the company. However, my background is in manufacturing and distribution where I've spent, I'll say, more than 15 years. And if your listeners aren't familiar with Esri, uh, it's a software and technology firm out of Southern California. Uh, The company has spent 50 years, what I refer to as digitizing our planet. Not just the land and the seas and skies, but people and and how societies and populations have shifted over time. And the company's mission really is the ability to apply science and technology to help create a sustainable future for our planet and our societies. Okay, interesting. That's a a, a broad mission statement right there, which is great. (laughs) Good, good, good. But why? Um, Why are Esri as you said, digitizing the planet. What's the what's the thinking behind that? Well, you know, we were founded by Jack and Laura Dangerman, who still run and own the company today, and we operate globally. Uh, I would say we've got practices in 160 countries. Uh, that's a 50-year history, right? So mm. it, it's pretty extensive when you think about it. But the way Jack, I've heard Jack Dangerman refer to it is, our world is being challenged. Right? We're risking our planet and our people. And this really is in large part due to a lack of understanding of the reality of, of impact, our impact, um, our impact as consumers, as businesses, and as a global society. And it really does go back to it's not just a sustainability challenge or a societal challenge or a business challenge. These things are all very much woven together. And we believe there's a tremendous intersection and um, kind of co-creation or or collective action required between business, society, and, and our, our um, communities to really bring a solution to this challenge. Okay. And how? How are Esri doing that? I mean, you said digitize the planet and, you know, that sounds great, but in, in actual practice, how are you going about doing that? You know, I think it's, in practice, it is about the technology, as we mentioned, this digitization. It is about all of the data that's available to us throughout the work that we do, uh, the lives that we lead, and and the policies that are passed. But it's about, in this particular case, while I'm here with you today, on the business side of it, and talking very specifically about supply chain and supply chain sustainability, This really relates to um, a lack of understanding about how companies are sourcing, producing, consuming, disposing of goods, including how are organizations contributing to the well-being or possibly the the lack of, of care for the communities they operate in. And I think it's this 
lack of understanding, maybe understanding is the wrong word, but it's a lack of true transparency and, and assessment of how are these businesses, you know, contributing to this impact. And from a Esri's perspective and the partnership with SAP, we see the world as a single ecosystem and that geography, this geographic information system that's produced by Esri is that geography provides the science and language, right? That allows um, this connection between the environment, between society and between kind of business and, and economics. And that it's geography that really allows us to put a you know, wrap and, and put all these things together. Okay, so you're putting a geographical context on information. And, and we think about the whole context of this and the contextualization of what's happening in that geography as the geographic approach, right? We're not just looking at where is the point on the map and where might a factory be, but it's what else is happening in that environment. It, you know, what is the, the water, access to water, both from a safe, um, portable um, access to the community, but water for production, water for uh, sourcing materials, harvesting materials. Um, what's the biodiversity in that region and, and how is land and land cover being protected or exploited? Um, how is the public health situation in a community? Uh, what's the air quality? And to be able to bring all these things in as layers and what we refer to as context and not do it in one single location, but for organizations that have a global footprint, being able to see this across the tens and hundreds and thousands of, of locations they might operate. And, and that really is that geographic approach that allows companies for the first time, I believe, to bring that perspective and that view forward all the way into, you know, the C-suite, rather, regardless if it's the company itself or the brand, a tier one, tier three, tier five supplier. And just to build a little bit on the collaboration, the partnership with SAP, SAP runs the majority of, you know, the global supply chain mm -hmm. practices and, and the companies that we work with. And that's the authoritative source of these destinations, these geographies that companies work in. Okay. And who are typical customers then of Esri and what problems are you solving for them? Typical customers in the group that I work with primarily is in the business sector, and that is retailers, global retailers, manufacturers, logistics providers, media and entertainment, and, and we even think of uh, companies such as services providers when you think of, you know, waste management, uh, you know, kind of healthcare uh, services uh, providers. But we also work with banking, real estate, and insurance, high technology or you know technology firms, so it's it's a wide breadth, and all of these organizations that you've we've kind of been talking about generally have large global footprints, and and how they may operate in you know the Southern California market versus a um, you know Rio de Janeiro market versus a London office are very different, and understanding how business needs to be addressed or accommodated based on the geography it works in is really important. Okay. And so if I were a customer of yours, uh, again, what, what, what issues are you solving for me? How, how do I take your solution and 
use it to make my business uh, i'm i happen to be based in the south of spain but you know could be in london could be in southern california or rio de janeiro as you said you know what 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 am i getting from it one of the organizations that we work with is vf corporation and you might know them by their key brands such as uh, Vans, Dickies, Timberland, North Face, Jansport, and others. And they are beginning to work with Esri now to build uh, supply chain traceability maps for their key products. And they've made, if you look at their website, they've made a commitment to provide traceability you know, all the way to the rubber supplier, all the way to the um the dye suppliers of their of their materials. And I think it's that type of commitment that we see organizations making. Similar commitments are coming out of the likes of um, Nike. They're coming out of Walmart. They very much are pushing into their supply chain like they've never done before. And they're looking for data and technology that helps them stitch all those things together in a way they've never been able to do before, they've never really pressured themselves to do before. So it's that transparency, that traceability throughout the, the ecosystem. And I've had the privilege recently of working with an organization, the Sustainable Apparel Coalition, or the SAC. And they were founded 10 years ago by Patagonia and Walmart, uh, joined shortly after by Nike and VF Corp. And they have developed over time with now what is hundreds of brands and footwear, apparel, textiles to create the HIG index, which allows um, kind of extensive measuring and reporting on um, environmental, um, labor, uh, and, and kind of traceability modules that allow organizations to have a consistent way in which they measure themselves and report to the market. And so it's it really is a you know brand one brand at a time taking action but it is the collection of brands I think taking action to to be more transparent that will make a big difference. Sure, sure, sure. There there seems to be a big movement now amongst these larger corporations to start reporting ESG metrics. Uh, this pressure coming from different stakeholders, uh, be it the investment community, shareholders, be it customers, be it employees. Is that something you're seeing reflected? Very much so. And and I don't know which kind of has the greatest weight. I think it depends on who you're talking to inside the organization. Mm -hmm. But the ability to more easily extract the data uh, from your systems, your enterprise systems that you're working with, to to yield that report, to yield that transparency, that that score or that compliance metric that you, you have to do for policy and for other regulatory requirements, or the pressure coming from the consumer markets and the consumer base today. And I think what these organizations don't think one kind of trumps the other or is more important than the other, I think they are seeing that strong connection between the ability to do good and do well by planet society is translating itself into doing well economically or financially as well. So they're not having to sacrifice one for the other. And I think those big brands in particular understand their role in being the strongest influences in the market, and they're looking for others to follow. Nice, nice. I run another podcast called the Climate 21 podcast, where I talk about 
at uh, this kind of subject with lots of different people. And one theme that has come out of several of the conversations is that this kind of ESG type reporting is starting to head towards the office of the CFO now, whereas it might have been previously under other organizations like marketing or whatever. Is that something you're seeing as well? Is Are, are you starting to deal with CFOs in organizations? So absolutely. When you go out to a company website today and you see their annual uh, financial reporting, right next to it is their CSR reports and right next to it is their TCFD reports, their, their climate risk financial disclosures. And because now the, they need to be accountable and transparent on the impact of climate risk to their global operations, whether that's their, they have a you know, very, they're more susceptible to sea, sea level rise or to flooding or tornadoes or, you know, more severe weather disasters or other, you know, political unrest in, in certain areas. Um, it, it forces that conversation, I think, into the, the financial um, leadership within the company. But I think overall brand protection and business viability, it, it's in every C-suite office in the enterprise today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the fact that there's more rigor now being demanded and the trend is for even more rigor to come from these kind of reporting, does that have an implication for the data that's being required from you? Absolutely. I think going back to that 50-year history is the relationships that Esri has had over time, not only with the ground cover and, and water, for example, but with the history working with other you know, um, Water Resource Institute, for example, with the National Geographic, with the World Health Organization, the ability to have this seamless connection to data th across the globe in the context in which a company needs to see it, coupled with data coming out of the SAP environment, right? So they need to blend and couple their own enterprise data, their own enterprise operations data with that third party, with that external data as one single data source and, and data environment in which to extract this intelligence, it's it's really important. And I think that leaves Ezra in a very unique position because we have a key data asset that is unparalleled in the industry and it's called the Living Atlas. And it is a um, data source that comes with the, the technology and the software whenever it's accessed by our customers. And it has you know, authoritative data from across the globe from all of these um, respected data sources. And I think rather than having organizations expect to stitch all that data and go and source it and find it on their own, it's now available at their fingertips. Ah, nice, nice. Uh, I, I run another podcast called the Digital Supply Chain Podcast. And one of the themes that has been arising on that is the challenges that organizations are having is lack of data literacy in resources. So finding people who know enough about working with data can be challenging. Is that is that something that you're seeing as well? That's probably, I would say, one of the biggest concerns that organizations have today, mm. right? It's, it's the fact that there is so much data. And I've heard a statistic recently that in our higher institutions, higher education institutions, we are graduating thousands of data analysts, data scientists every year, when we need tens of thousands of <laughs> data scientists every year. And then if I think about the need for geo 
graphically inclined data scientist, that number is even smaller. Right. And so Esri has made a commitment to education, both K through 12 and higher education for decades. But the draw in the work that we're doing with the business school community today and the data science community in our higher learning institutions um, is just couldn't be more important and more urgent um, because we, we need to make sure that um, our future generation of, of spatial thinkers, geospatial thinkers, are coming into our work environments ready to apply this thinking, you know, ready to understand the value of, of data, but the, also the applicability of geospatial data. Okay. You, you've mentioned a couple of times in passing SAP, which is very nice. And thank, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> but for people who might be unfamiliar, can you talk a little bit about the collaboration that Esri and SAP have together? SAP is one of our longest standing enterprise software partners. And I believe that dates back many, many years because we have very shared values and the ability to help organizations perform better, not just operationally, but within the communities in which they serve. And most recently, the work we've been doing around the S4 platform is really creating that seamless integration between the operations data and the location data so that organizations don't have you know, artificial barriers to entry to really start working with ArcGIS and Esri's technology and data and being able to infuse their SAP platforms with the same context we've been talking about today. Oh, excellent, excellent. And where to from here? Where to, I think, now continuing to move uh, in that shared kind of path and journey into a more SaaS-based, uh, web-based environment, really moving aggressively into that developer community, that SAP developer environment, because the goal is to really bring this geospatial intelligence, this geographic approach and application of geography and location data into, into businesses. And we need to do that at scale. And that developer program, the S4 kind of adoption, really allows that greater magnitude of a user community. Super, super. Cindy, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Is there any question that I have not asked that you wish I had or any topic we've not touched on that you think it's important for people to be aware of? I would say this, going back to this context of asking and understanding um, for business data and business intelligence and, and maybe business accountability. And when I say asking, it's it's from possibly uh, a producer asking a supplier, right? Getting that intelligence, getting that data, asking as a consumer, asking a, a manufacturer or retailer, where are my products coming from? Where where um, are they being sourced and, and how are they being pr uh, produced? Are they fair and equitable labor practices? And I think through this, you know, kind of unified um, ask, uh, it really will continue to compel brands and compel the the product and service organizations that we work with to lean further into their supply chains, to go um, and not create those barriers. And, and the tech, we know, we know the technology and the data is there today. It's the application and the appetite and, and the commitment to putting those things together that will create that greater uh, holistic view of, of society, of, of our environments. And I, I really want to encourage everyone with the risks we have today around climate change and around um, 
social justice that we really on my soapbox a little bit. We, I think we really <laughs> need to be better stewards of our planet and our, and our communities and lean into that. And I think brands will follow. Mm. They just need to know that there's an appetite for it. Agreed. hundred percent. Cool. Lovely. Cindy, that's been really interesting. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. If people want to know more about yourself, Cindy, Cindy Elliott, or about Esri or any of the topics we discussed today, where would you have me direct them? Esri.com. So that's E-S-R-I.com. And I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Cindy Elliott with two L's and two T's and happy to connect with anyone that wants to learn more. Tremendous. Tremendous. Cindy, thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciated it. Thank you for listening to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. If you want to explore our industry portfolio to find the solutions you need to run your business better, faster and simpler, please visit us at sap.com slash industries. <laughs>